this day and age, if you're not Chad, you're so disposable, you're such subhuman scum in the eyes of the elites, that you're not far off from incel anyway. So incels need all the friends they can get. The, the constant wish hunting and uh, like gatekeeping and uh, false rumors and all just the bullshit that goes on. I got a little story for you. So let me start over. Hello, perp. Thanks for your service. I'm always looking for content, don't you know? And you've gifted me with something invaluable. A real live whodunit. Ongoing. Demented. Tireless. Tedious. Terrifying and terrific. It all began at around 5am Thursday morning, and has continued feverishly since. I've wasted colossal amounts of time on you, dear perp. And while you believe I have nothing on you, I feel the walls are beginning to close in. All I know is that, when I get my turn with this story, I will do you and your machinations proper literary justice. But one thing I won't ever do is mention your name. You claim you are anonymous. You're anonymous. We are legion. United as one. Divided by zero. We do not forgive. Well, good. That's how you'll stay. Think of it as a favor. You have a dumb name anyway. Confusing. So I'm going to let it go for now with you, dear perp, much as it makes me sad. It's your chance now to call the shots, to make the moves, to write your story and cement your legacy as a criminal mastermind you know you are. But, even despite our estrangement, I've got a small query for you. What comes next? You've been freed. Do you know how hard it is to lead? You're on your own. Awesome. Wow. Do you have a clue what happens now? Oceans rise. Empires fall. It's much harder when it's all your call. All alone. Across the sea. When your people say they hate you, don't come crawling back to me. Da 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 I think I just wanted to include something from Hamilton because I just saw it. So I really have wasted inordinate amounts of time with this stalking, and it is no laughing matter. This person has brought forth some effort to harass and intimidate me to the point of breaking several laws. And if someone's willing to risk their freedom on a prank, well, it's probably more than a prank to them. I'll refrain from one more word on the matter till it is brought to justice. 
After that, however, I'll tell you all the whole sordid story, with plenty of audio, recordings, voicemail, text messages, a whole raft of bullshit, and all the receipts that go with it. So, I apologize for this late release, and for the confusing feed drop earlier today, episode 201, this episode will self-destruct. Don't pay that any mind. Before we get where we're going, I'd like to thank you all for bringing the suggestions. Already got some great ones, so keep those and the reviews and ratings coming, please. If I'm going to have to expend resources on stalkers who think they're slick, I'll need all the help I can get. On the lineup over the next few weeks is an interview with Owly, incel roboticist and programmer, along with one with a rep from Emates, new sponsor and manufacturer of robot waifus. A brief chat with Rowan, aforementioned in last week's episode, and, well, lots of other good stuff. Stay tuned. And now, Sparrow's Song. I'm a Sparrow's Song. I'm Ben from Incels.co, moderator of Non-Cucks United under the name Incel Christ, 27 years old. I am uh, between Incel and True Cell range. And uh, you said certifiably something? Yeah, certifiably something. Oh, okay. (laughs) Certifiably subhuman. Maybe we'll get into it later why you're certifiably subhuman. Because that might be a longer answer than a few words. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what made you reach out to me as the podcaster? Um, basically, some people in my uh, group were trying to get a hold of you for uh, some different types of conversations about a different subject. And they didn't have any luck. And I had tried to sort of reach out for the past year and a half, and I couldn't really get a hold of you on, like, Twitter, anything like that. But somebody uh, gave me a phone number, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll text on a, on a spoofed phone number and see what happens. And uh, I uh, got a hold of you. Anything to kind of – this is like a verbal TLDR post, this type of interview – Mm-hmm. Anything to get out there is uh, is worth it to me. Um, okay. <laughs> well, uh, you were successful. I'm kind of surprised that you had no luck, as you say, uh, reaching me through Twitter or that none of your friends did, because I feel like I'm pretty accessible. I probably just messaged you when you were not active on Twitter, and I got banned several times on Twitter, so I just gave up on that platform. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, here's my email address, but I guess not everyone looks at the show notes, so I'll just say that out loud right now. It's theincelproject at gmail.com. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> um, how did you get my phone number? Uh, like I said, I had a group of friends, and one of them was trying to get in contact with you. I don't know how he got your phone number, but he wanted to talk to you about uh, some AI that he was working on. I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but you might remember who I'm talking about. Yeah, and uh, he actually did end up contacting me, and he sent me some links. And I actually just got contract is in the works for a company that makes companion robots. So I'm glad that they're called companion robots. Yes, they are, and they uh, they take offense to uh, people calling them sex robots. <laughs> so I was thinking maybe talking to your friend for an episode. And then kind of pairing that with someone from that company might make a nice themed episode about companion robots. And what about you? What's What's been your reason for wanting to create this uh, audio TLDR? Uh, well, basically, um, I always wanted to go on some type of insult podcast and uh, talk about my situation, how it relates to 
incel life slash low status male life. I also wanted to just get on this podcast to clear up any rumors about me uh, not being an incel and uh, not being a subhuman. Um, okay, so you wanted to clear up rumors about yourself and you wanted to talk about your situation and you wanted to sort of plug um, an alternative site to .co, I guess. Yeah. All right. So there's a there's a few things going on. When you reached out to me and it was over text, you expressed some concerns about .co working with uh, this organization, Light Upon Light, because there was a rumor that they were involved with law enforcement somehow. So that's. I mean, it is documented that Light Upon Light is co-founded with an FBI agent, right? Um, no, not light upon light, but the, and no FBI agents either, but the organization that the, the founder of light upon light, his other organization is co-founded with someone formerly from NYPD intelligence. Um, so that's probably that save hate or the, uh, the Center for the Study of uh, Trauma-Based Radicalization or whatever? That's Parallel Networks. That's that's oh, co-founded parallel. with Mitch Silber, who's the former NYPD Intel director. Um, so that's probably where that comes from, understandably. But uh, Light Upon Light's different. It's just like kind of a grassroots thing. It's definitely not uh, involved in like Intel or anything like that. And there's no, there's no interest in like turning anyone into the feds or anything like that. That's just, you know, you can take it or, or leave it you don't have to believe me, but I, I do know that, that, that is true. Um, and you know, I've spoken to law enforcement on this show. I give, uh, presentations kind of like trainings for law enforcement and stuff occasionally. Um, and I always say, you know, this is not a violent extremist group. This is not a terrorist group. You know, you can't look at it that way. And pretty much everyone that I talk to from the law enforcement angle agrees with that, or they wouldn't be asking me to speak. I wouldn't be having them on my show. So there's plenty of people that don't agree with that, but the ones that I talk to do. So, you know, there are people that are of that mindset. And I think that one of the things that I wasn't planning on doing, certainly when I started this podcast, it was just meant to be like in kind of an artistic project. Um, But since starting it, since I've been contacted by people like that, one of the things that I try to do is get that point across. So that's like a big kind of primary goal. So it's pretty much the opposite of that. But again, I understand your concern. I get where it comes from. I don't think it's unfounded, but it's not It's not really the way that it is. The main thing that kind of spooks me is um, save hate parts. Or I think the motto is only networks can battle networks at their core. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's a quote from Jesse Morton or somebody else in Involved with parallel networks, but um, I believe I've seen somebody said that they planned on embedding in quote unquote radical online communities 
And anybody who's browsed .co in the past two years would have noticed that um, there's just a lot of artificial-seeming posters there, by the way. Well, I mean, I think the involvement, the introduction even of Light Upon Light to anyone with .co has been less than six months ago now, so I don't know about the past two years. If there is something... Well, I would assume that regardless of how long Light Upon Light's been involved or if they work with the FBI or not, other groups would be embedding. Other groups would have FBI, stuff like that, whether they work with Sarge or not. There's a glow in the darks there, no matter what. Well, there are, but I don't think that has anything to do with Sarge. I don't think it has anything to do with Light Upon Light. I don't think it's necessarily even to anyone's knowledge. I mean, what's his name? Jack Peterson, who I did an episode with, was an informant for a short time. They find people to do that. That doesn't require the cooperation of the mods or anything like that. Again, I understand your concern. I get it. There is becoming more of an interest in incels in the last year or so. And there have been episodes of my podcast where I talk to people like Phil Gursky from CSIS and stuff who are intel people who think it's crazy to call incels terrorists and kind of understand that. And, and Jesse Morton too is very kind of strongly against that. Um, so that's kind of what I know about the law enforcement side of it. Uh, I run a podcast and I, I guess the word would be like consult occasionally, but I'm not working with any kind of law enforcement and light upon light does not either take it or leave it. But so I don't want to, spend too much time just talking about that, you know. Yeah, I don't know. The whole way that .co works, to me, just seems kind of limiting. And almost, it's limited on purpose, man. Um, that's kind of why we made um, Non-Cucks United, because, you know, as as they say on .co, uh, incels is a life condition, not a movement. Mm-hmm. But, um, these these afflictions and these uh these sufferings uh, I think they ought to be a movement. Mm-hmm. And if if it's going to be a movement, you're, you can't alienate some uh, some ugly, short, poor, fat guy somewhere that had sex one or two times. Uh, it's for low status males in general, whether they're literally incels or not. It, at this day and age, if you're not Chad. You're so disposable, you're such subhuman scum in the eyes of the elites, that you're not far off from incel anyway. So incels need all the friends they can get. So the constant witch hunting and uh, like gatekeeping and uh, false rumors and all just the bullshit that goes on DACO, the demoralization, uh, shutting down certain types of topics. It kind of Gives me these Cointel Pro type of vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel, I'm not saying that the moderation staff is particularly involved, although with my band, band, I feel like the mod that banned me kind of knew that his side of things were bullshit and that I was right, and they just wanted me out of there anyway. And why do you think they did want you out of there? 
Well, the, the type of stuff I post about is, is not the most popular thing in the forum anyway. We've got a lot of young cells. We've got a lot of uh, right-wing cells. And what's... Um, I, I often post about uh, healthcare covering, uh, like, more expensive facial surgeries, for example. And uh, no matter how you look at that, it's, that's never going to be, like, a right-wing view and if such a thing was ever implemented, it would obviously benefit, like, females, too. So, well, that's yeah. sort of a cope. That's sort of a pipe dream to many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't address the uh, the take Floyd rights away type of approach. Yeah. But to me, like, the most realistic thing, this is, this is a health, physical condition type yeah. problem anyway. Yeah, well, I think that's an interesting topic, and I think would think that most incels would be in favor of it, of that. I think it only, only about half would really like, so like, uh, somebody are, uh, like right wing cells and a lot of incels are, uh, like almost normie tier and zoomer. Like if, if you're like just barely an incel or you're just a normie that wants to be like high tier normie or chatelite, you might only need, you know, 12K in surgery max. But when you're like a true cell and you're super poor and you need some more costly procedures, uh, you have a different view of things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even 12K would probably be uh, a lot for most people to afford. Oh, it'd be a lot, but it's not like, uh, it's not such a high number that it's absolutely demoralizing and just the thought of it just makes you feel like it's impossible and that it's going to be too late by the time you, you save up that much money anyway. Yeah. Well, one thing I bring up a lot is that it, in certain uh, certain areas with um, certain states with Medicaid and in certain private insurance companies, uh, they often do cover like transgender surgeries and hormones and mm-hmm. stuff. Or at least... Like 90% of it. I, I know somebody in Canada who did a female to male transition. She was the Stacy. And I don't know why <laughs> she did it. She just went to life on nightmare difficulty. But she had like over 100K worth of work done to become basically sort of like a twink. Yeah. Uh, they, wow. they covered like 90% of it, man. Um, That's wild. But if somebody in the United States whether they're a man or a woman, has a slightly disfigured face, then um, they're kind of fucked. Like, they'll, they'll chop your generals up if you live in the right place, you got the right insurance, but there's no place, there's no insurance that will help you with your face. Yeah, unless it's the result of... Mangled. Yeah, or like the result of a, an accident or some medical malpractice or something. So... Um, we talked a bit about this, uh, before recording yesterday, but, um, tell me a little bit about your situation and, you know, here is when you can get into, um, why you're certifiably subhuman and why you're an incel and when that started. I'm a 27 year old, um, K-A-H-V. Um, both my parents, I would consider like, um, like low status genetically. 
Um, both of them are not very aesthetic. Um, my mother's quite unhealthy. It was not the, the best um, vessel to carry a child in. And um, it all started really going downhill for me. Uh, almost sort of right after puberty because uh, we had these rival friend groups. I used to not be that subhuman. I used to have a full head of hair. I used to have a symmetrical face. Um, this was before the part of puberty where like your face bones really start coming out. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I was sort of equal with the other kids almost when I was about 12. We, we had these sort of like rival crews, I guess you could call them almost like little gangs of cliques. And it was a constant thing for a few years where one person got caught alone and then the other group was there. It would end up uh, fighting them or surrounding them or jumping them or something. And one of those days I got caught by myself, I was forced to fight a person who was uh, genetically and racially superior to me. And, uh, um, and by that, I guess you mean... <coughs> I live in a very Germanic part of the country. I live in Cincinnati. And the particular school district I went to, you either have, you know, good Germanic type specimens that are of a higher caste, and then you have the others. And mostly uh, Sicilian. So I, I can't really compete with these Germanic people. I'm not on the same level of humanity as them. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that. Okay. Well, what are and, uh, what are you if you better off uh, than me as well? What what are you, are you if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I'm I'm Sicilian. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard too many people uh, disparaging the appearance or physical prowess of Sicilians, but I I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. They're just they're not. You can't compare them in the words. The way I see the other, you're like a. A Germanic slash Nordic tall, good-looking white person, or a tall, good-looking black person, and then all the other races are kind of competing for second, third, fourth place, and a lot of them are just at the bottom of the barrel. And I put Sicilians closer to the bottom of the barrel due to uh, to the height, the amount of uh, sand, the DNA they have, the baldness. <laughs> We, just, we got a lot of death sentences. We we descend from like a thousand years of slavery. We're not uh, we're not high status humans at all. Okay. I did sort of think I won the fight when I fought that guy when I was twelve. So I gave him a good uh, head kick to the forehead, and he had this big ass uh, bruise on his head. He had to go get like cat scans and shit. The sister was calling me, uh, saying I was like a pussy for kicking him in the head and stuff. But the fight began. I didn't want to fight. I was trying to talk myself out of it. And he just punched me in the face, man. And it didn't hurt. I didn't bleed or bruise. Didn't have a black eye. I didn't know really what happened. Um, Just the angle he punched me because I lacked uh, prominent lower orbital wind bones, I guess you'd call it. He just hit me at an angle to where soft tissue behind my eye, the the orbital floor Mm -hmm. was damaged. Mm as well as the brow ridge bone. So, now I have this thing in my left eye called enophthalmos. Okay. So that means the eyeball is recessed into the socket mm-hmm. three millimeters deeper than the other eye. And then the brow ridge of that eye, I never really healed, right? Because I never went to the doctor and never oh. did anything about it. 
So it, it kind of is like sort of slanted towards like the side of my head. So it looks like I got an entirely different like eye and like brow area on one eye mm. than the other. It's like I have the eyes of two different people. I got like a negative Campbell tilt, sort of creepy, ugly type eye area on the left side. And then I got almost sort of a chattish eye area on the right side. So to me, that's that's worse than having um, even just two creepy eyes. It's even more off-putting. Huh. Two different with knives. And then I also started uh, started going bald at 16. And I got bullied pretty bad at school. That uh, high school, um, they really, really separated the uh, superiors from the inferiors a lot. So all the Chad, like, jocks and stuff that played for the sports team, they were allowed to wear their hats all the time, and nobody ever did chat them. I was constantly fucking yelled at by uh, the teachers. Take my hat off, take my hat off, and stuff. And whenever I would do a class, they'd yell at me, you have to take my hat off, go to the principal's office. As soon as I'd take my hat off, the whole class would giggle, the teacher herself would laugh. Oh. Chad would literally be in the classroom with his school team hat on, laughing. And uh, at one point, I was in the hallway and I was carrying some books. And the JRTC teacher, whose class I wasn't even in, just some uh, some loaded out big head dude, was like, "Hey, take off the hat!" I'm like, "Hey, man, I got, I got my hands full. I can't take off the hat." And then some like really tall, genetically superior Chad boy. Just like pushes me down, I drop all my books, he takes my beanie off, um, I feel like Tim Pool on the ground, he takes my beanie and throws it in the trash. Hundreds of people in that hallway during the, the traffic were all laughing at me. People were, you know, lightly kicking me as they walked by. I, I get, I don't even pick up my books at that point, I just walk to the trash can, I pick my hat up. And I'm just walking out the door, and I just kind of walk home from school. And they called the cops on me, man, because you're not just allowed to walk out of school. When I got home, the uh, the school cop, um, this is like 10th grade, the school cop knocked on my door. He's like, yeah, man, I know what happened, man. You're not in trouble. I would have done the same thing, man. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, cool. And that was my last day of school. And that was, um, I was when the ball pill, like, really struck me. That's when I realized that uh, at my height, five foot seven. With asymmetrical eye area and uh, like recessed chin, uh, being bald is this like uh, death sentence that solidifies all the other death sentences. Makes makes them all extra deadly. Mm. So, when you said that was your last day of school, you didn't mean uh, literally, or you meant for the year? No, I meant like literally. Like I walked out of school, I dropped out of high school like that. Oh. Um. Basically, I had a few sort of fake friends after that. I'll, I'll still like do drugs and drink with flow wipes and, you know, do a little bit of like low status crime and like shenanigans and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really have much of a social life. And as the years went by, you know, once you get in your 20s, nobody wants to associate with the subhuman anymore. So. I've basically been a hermit alone in my room for over 10 years now. I kind of stopped contact with my last two fakish friends around almost 10 years ago today. 
around now and uh, basically just been a hermit ever since. It's hard for me to even know. I'd work or to just be a part of the world. When yeah. I have such a, a goblin appearance, I just really don't like uh, seeing myself or having others uh, see me. Mm-hmm. What do you? On top do? of that, I uh, have a situation with my mom who's uh, severely disabled. So, one wage wage slaver for ten dollars an hour. Even if she wasn't disabled, it kind of has a sour feeling in my stomach because I'm ugly as hell. I wish facial surgery was covered by healthcare. If I wage slave, I'm paying taxes for all these things that hurt close at this family, like the military or police, prisons, feminist education systems, sometimes abortions. Most of the tax money that goes to situations where low-status men are involved with some type of institution. It usually hurts us. So not only would I be paying taxes to a government that's kind of destroying my people systematically, but if I wage slave for 10 hours an hour, I'm showing up at a physical location at a certain time of the day around other people, and my labor is going to make some rich chatter, Stacy, who is not part of my struggle and is, in fact... Sort of like a cannibal to my people in a way. It's just going to make their life uh, better. I'm just going to be making money for them, and I'm going to be getting paid in scraps. And just the idea is cut. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to find a good work from home job that pays good at the same time. Plus, I'd have to balance that with being a full time uh, caretaker for my mom. I got to yeah. make all her food. She doesn't really get out of bed. I got to mm-hmm. water. Sometimes she has incidents. She got to clean shit and piss up. Mm. Sometimes she's puking, sweating, freaking out, doesn't know what's going on. Mm. Leaving her alone in the house eight hours a day is, is kind of spooky to me. Yeah. Got to do all dishes, laundry, housework, all that shit. So if I had a job eight hours a day, plus I have to take time out to go to and from work. I have all that shit I gotta do with the house when I get back. Nobody can help me out. Yeah, it's kind of fucked, man. So that's kind of why I'm just a loser, meat. Mm. Whew. Yeah, that's a uh, a lot you've got going on. Um, how long has your mom been this sick that uh, you've been like a full time caretaker for? 10 years? Um, she was diagnosed with MS before I was born, but she basically got to this bedridden state with all these other complications sort of like overwhelming her one by one. Mm. About about 2015, I guess, I'll say, when it happened. Okay. So you were um, already like 20 at that point, 19, 20. Um, 2015, that's six years ago. Um, yeah, I was like 21, 22. Mm-hmm. And I asked you this, uh, before, but, you know, is there other family around that would be able to help possibly with her? 
Um, my dad divorced my mom. Um, no hard feelings against him for that. Like anyone who knows my mom would like to escape the presence, not to be mean, but that's just how it is. Why? Um, she's not the friendliest person. I, I kind of compare her to uh, to Howard's mom from Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got I got to take care of her and do all that stuff, and then just the the audio situation of my interactions with her is very much like the, the Howard's mom situation. So it's kind of cringe. Um, if I I wouldn't like anyone to overhear that type of situation. It kind of makes me look even more like a true so. Uh, both my grandparents on my mom's side are dead. Both my grandparents on my dad's side are dead. Uh, my mom has two brothers and a sister. Um, two of them live out of state. The other one is severely disabled as well. Um, not much contact with my cousins. They're kind of scattered. Nobody really knows how to talk to them. Um, her friends are kind of low life people as well. Um, low life, how how so? When when you were talking about like, yeah, like she had one friend who just like would steal TVs from Walmart, oh, and, like okay. bath salts and shit, and she oh. would out. Okay, bath salts, yeah. That's a very Ohio then, Ohio <laughs> problem. Right now, she only has about one kind of friend that helps out sometimes, but she. She can't be bothered with all this shit. Mm-hmm. Incel will continue after a short break from our sponsors. If you're enjoying this episode of Incel, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. This is one of the best ways to help spread the word so that others can discover it as well. Hello, world. I finally did it. I set up a Patreon. It's just my name, www.patreon.com slash and there, newly incentivized and free from the evil eye of leering detractors, I'll be releasing episodes early and ad-free, along with bi-weekly bonus episodes, weekly blog posts, articles, and polls so that I can hear from you. So if you support the show, please consider subscribing at any tier. Can't wait to develop some community outside of Twitter. Patreon.com slash N-A-A-M-A-K-A-T-E-S. Check it out. I've been teasing it for weeks, and now I can finally tell you about Emates, my new sponsor, and their newest creation. The company was founded by military veterans, motivated to create and ship custom companion robots to help serve the thousands of men and women who lost their spouses to war. As you all know, dear listeners, in 2021, people experience many barriers to physical intimacy, and that has consequences. Emate dolls are a potential solution that might be right for you. For now, Emates LLC's first companion, Sophia, is available and more will follow. These androids can tell stories, sing, give weather updates when asked, and engage in conversations with expression when talking, essentially learning their user until conversations and tendencies are adapted into better flowing communication and engagement. Their skin is soft, lifelike and durable, and can simulate human temperature at the click of a button. Most of all, the companions are safe. We'll be hearing from founding member Chris Rakinia on the pod in the very near future, and maybe from Sophia herself. For now, check out ematedolls.com. That's the letters E M A T E dolls.com to learn more. But, um, well, if you don't I, mind getting into it a little bit, um, I, many years ago, like maybe even when I was like maybe 1920, 
I must have gotten on the radar for uh, not only the combination of posting on more um, radical socialist type, um, like anti-government. I won't, I won't name the places I was at. I don't want to dox my original pen name. Yeah. But, but I, I was involved in, in more, um, more hardcore. Uh, like anti-government social. kind of oh, socialist or like uh, anarchist? Not anarchist. This is almost... I'd almost say it was like uh, democratic socialism, but with um, a little bit of... Uh, a little, like a little bit of balls. Some hairy balls to it, if I could describe it correctly. Uh-huh. Like uncut um, socialism. Not oh. like God ownership. Okay. And that was enough to... Get well, on the combination of also, like, back then, I was also Muslim coping a lot, too. Oh, really? Um, okay. Oh, yeah, when when you're an American-born dude, and then you got a beard, and you're, you're, you're um, it is, it is known that you were Muslim, and you're also involved in, like, socialist type yes. of stuff. Especially in, Especially in the of, uh, good old boys. Yeah. Now. You'll, you'll, you'll be on gang stopping program, is what it's called. Yeah, and especially in those years, I think, in, like, the, I guess it would be, like, 2012, 2011, that was sort of the high high point for, mm, I guess, Islamophobia here. They basically tried to set me up, and uh, they knew I was an incel, they didn't know the word for incel back then, they just knew I was just, like, an ugly version. So we, we were going to smoke some weed one day. And then um, they said, oh, yeah, before we picked you up, we had plans to go uh, visit our friend in this hospital. I was like, all right, cool, man. Um, so they went to the hospital. I had some weed in my pocket. And uh, they got out there. I was like, hey, man, um, I-, I-, I reek. I feel like I was being set up. And I would wake up at weird times at nights. And I'd go outside and I'd approach the vehicle and it would drive away. It still goes on to this day. So you're are you not you're not Muslim coping anymore? I guess. Um, I I, I see Islam as sort of an interesting Indiana Jones type mystery, and uh, I feel like <laughs> it's a history that has been rewritten and hidden, and we're dealing with different times and different places and names that have been changed intentionally. Big cover up. Not against Islam. I think if I had access to Opera 7th century sources would be a positive thing. Because it's such a mystery, I won't call myself a Muslim or identify with it. Because point of Islam to me just seems like an investigation, like a mystery in progress. I almost lean more towards Interesting. Uh, like Manichaeism now. And that in and of itself is also a mystery in progress. I'm Gnostic. Gnostic? Or agnostic? Yeah, I'm not going to... I don't like the idea of an all-powerful, benevolent God. That I, my own personal view is, I kind of see uh, reality as the dream of a nearly, um, an almost completely powerless, unconscious God, in a nightmare where darkness is almost all-powerful. So, because I can't really pray to an unconscious God, I, I see my fellow insults as God, like in the flesh. So I, when I pray, I actually pray uh, two insults. Interesting. Does that sound? You think they're powerful enough to answer those prayers? Um, 
the way I see it is if you want help from somebody, you got to help them back. It's the most non-hypocritical way to approach God. Basically see him as almost the same as you do. And um, I've had positive things happen in my life. Maybe not miraculous things, but things I never would have expected to happen. Once I started seeing themselves in that way, I've had sort of synchro mystical type experiences. I've had ever since I started thinking that way, I've had a lot of people approach me at random. I've met a lot of new people who felt the same way, described it in different words, and it's kind of like things started coming together, and I got a uh, sort of an optimistic sense. Things. Well, that's good then. Well, the unfortunate thing is, um, I used to talk a lot about uh, like roping um, like a year ago, especially on insults.co. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, the process of like stalakina, which is what, what I see as like the best way to rope, which is like a gradual reduction of like food and water where you kind of shrivel up and die peacefully, euphorically, not too fast, not too slow. It's kind of like death by Eldar. It's the ultimate um, neat way to go. So you said that you were, tell me if you don't want to talk about this too, but that you were um, recently uh, hospitalized, like committed involuntarily to psychiatric facility um, for two weeks. So can you and you think that it, it's related to being on some kind of watch list or something. So what's the story? It's definitely related to insults.co. I don't know if SARS or anybody's involved, but... Um, I really doubt it. Basically, they've been sort of gang-stalking me, monitoring me, trying to build a case on me since, like, 2017 um, as an um Why? Why would I they do that? What'd you say? Why would they do that on you in particular? Were you called uh, for violence? On, I was already on the list for... Right, you know, but did you ever, like... opinion about well, the wear aprons. Uh, did, did you ever um, call for violence or anything like that? Um, as far as, like, on Insulzaco or really anywhere else, um, the type of violent stuff, I would say, would be like the, the, they get what they deserve in Minecraft type stuff. The type well, it's the same thing everyone like, says. I mean, everyone on there. I thought I told the feds yeah. when they came. Uh, I don't think it was about that. I think they were just using that. I, I think the whole thing was to intimidate me. But basically what happened is they had been watching me for several years now. The guy had driven around my house 148 times in one year. Fed had arrested me. He he looks like Murr from Impractical Jokers. Like he looks like a couple, like an actual couple. Uh-huh. And basically, he came with the excuse of, "Oh, we, we saw you posting some uh, suicidal stuff. We wanted to make sure we're gonna have to put you in a mental hospital." Like, man, I've been banned, so I haven't been able to post anything suicidal in like half a year almost. And I'm I haven't felt like that, that in a very long time. Also, and nobody goes and pays well. Basically, then he started checks. asking me, well, we know you're a full-time loser. I'm like, what? And at, at that point, uh, they're like, yeah, you know you're, you're going to the mental hospital, right? And I was like, no, man, what the fuck? What is and they, they had, like, a cop with the taser at me, and then they had two feds. The other fed looked like a uh, like a Sopranos extra. 
And they uh, they held me down, pressed me up against my car, and they, they put the handcuffs on me and snapped the handcuffs on me. I was like, come on, we know you're a full-time loser. So when I got access to the papers when I was in the mental hospital, they had like old posts from me on Daco like a year ago talking about how I wanted to vote. And then they had stuff that they said was threats of threats to violence, but it was really the the get what they fucking deserve in Minecraft type of shit. It was I was talking about how Chad is the is the ultimate enemy above the females. Like the Chad world order is real. And at the end of the day, Chad is the pharaoh. He's the one who's in control of all our suffering right now. And since they didn't have anything like really urgent on me. And I've been banned for several months. I feel like the feds knew that I wasn't a full-time loser. I don't know if anybody from DACO was involved. I don't even think DACO was involved. I just feel like, and for some reason, they knew I was associated with him. Perhaps they even know the negative association we have. And because they didn't have an excuse to, to, to get me in a mental hospital because I hadn't said anything suicidal in several months, and you have to have it within a, like a week or two for them to actually... Yeah, and it, it's, something online isn't really, usually doesn't count either, but that's a separate point. Well, they just decided to pin these full-time loser quotes about like ER and roping on me and claim that I was full-time loser. Just to have an excuse to, to lock me up. And I, I got the papers on it, I posted it to you. Some people didn't believe me. Some people did. It is what it is. But I was there for two weeks. That's they a tried long to time. put me on uh, Zyprexa. Mm. Uh, cheap all those pills. That is a horrible yeah. um, evil poison. And I've seen people who uh, suffered from uh, tardive uh, dyskinesia. Yeah. Four out of ten people in the mental hospital, they had like serious sexual nervousness. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I saw those people every day. It was a lot of not take those pills. Two weeks, my mom was already um, late on her insulin. She required me to walk to the store to get because she can't walk. And she requires me to make all the foods and stuff. So for two weeks, she was having diabetic health issues. She was basically surviving off of dry cereal, drinking tap water in the bathroom. Um... While I was in the mental hospital for basically full-time losers posts, and I almost like the, the FBI almost killed my mom. Yeah, I mean, obviously not intentionally. Yeah. So but yeah, I, I finally did get out. Yeah. But they were they were they were they were dicking with me, even on the way out. How's so the court had to like ensure that I could come out. Right, you need a teammate to sort of sign off on your release. Um, well, I'm glad that you did get out. Um, have you been in any kind of psychiatric care or therapy or anything like that ever? No, but I, I always had this feeling when I was younger that I would get voluntarily committed so like um i had always practiced in the pills and in a subtle way so i wouldn't get caught doing it i was always paranoid about that Mm -hmm. um like i'm not suicidal and i'm not violent but i will say that i guess i am mentally ill because um to be this ugly and to not have ropes by now 
have to be mentally ill because if you were actually sane, you, you would have ripped a long time ago. So, well, at the same time, I'm not, I'm not mentally ill. I'm, I'm facially ill. Yeah, I, I don't think that's necessarily true. That if you're sane, you would have roped. Um, but I, I get what you're what you're saying. So, um, I have some kind of questions I want to ask you at the end, which is, if there is a movement, rather, um, what you sort of hope can be accomplished, and if you see that as being possible. Um, But before we do, I just want to ask you one more thing. You said that you wanted to clear up the misconception or rumors or whatever from fellow incels who don't believe you that you are what you say. They think that you're misrepresenting yourself. Why do you think that others don't believe you? Um, well, I have posted a lot of stories about my life and I've gone into detail with my living situation. They, they might think I'm like exaggerating that. And then I've also, because I don't necessarily have like the voice like a, a very low T, nasally sort of autistic type of uh, nerd that is expected to lift themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I get accused of uh, not being themselves with my voice. Right. And also, j- just kind of just being so open about it. Oh well, if you really were this ugly, uh, you wouldn't be so open about it. You'd be really depressed all the time. You'd always have this sad sound in your voice. But every conversation is the same, no matter who it is. Talk to anybody as if they're all the same person and as if I'm in the same mood about everything at the same time. I'm almost done to it now. Yeah. And I do interact a lot with females on the internet. Um, I don't have issues talking to them. I have had females express a desire for me, either not seeing me or seeing me wearing a mask and just with a tiny bit of my face exposed. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's still a slide like that in real life. I feel like even if I could get like a Stacy to, to overlook my looks and be all right with being intimate with me and having a relationship, that just the shame that I personally feel, like the, the discomfort I personally feel in myself, and fuck, I'd rather somehow hit the lottery and surgery max before I start being close to, to females and having friendships and stuff because I just don't want people to see me suffer or, and, and I want those type of moments to be maximized and optimized as well just these, these looks just bring everything down yeah but yeah it, people think I'm a fake so mainly because I go into great detail about these things and you know as far as a voice on the internet the fact that I have talked to uh, females that I have had females go into insult servers looking for me, um, and that didn't necessarily make me look too good as an insult, kind mm-hmm. of the, uh, the fake self shit. Yeah. But people just don't know the context. There's, there's context in everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Frail has some similarities to you in that his voice sounds very kind of deep and striking and, you know, uh, not what you'd expect as far as an incel, um, and he talks to, he talks very easily to females and kind of all sorts of people, and <clears throat> he also uh, doesn't go into as much detail 
as you have, but describes an upbringing that's sort of similar, I guess, in some ways. Um, so, you know, I think there's some similarities there. Are you friends with Frail? I, I don't know anyone who dislikes oh, yeah. Frail, so I can't... Oh, Frail's a uh, friend of mine. I always like having a VC with him. Um, he, he has a, a cinematic voice. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. um, I just feel like um, I'm listening to a movie when I am, so... Yeah, for the purpose of a podcast, it's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I would think that that would be someone that you would kind of be friends with. As you said, you also talk to uh, women, so I, I, I don't know. Like, what else would you say is different about well, you and, and this friend group that you mentioned? We're kind of branching out from the black pill. We got our own thing going on called the clear pill. Don't discount anything it is true in the black pill, you know, but not the black pill at all. But um, we, we don't want to accept defeat no matter how brutal it is. And even if the belief in a victory or arising out of this is irrational and almost schizophrenic and childlike, it's better to believe that and to disbelieve in salvation of yourself and your fellow incels because... You know who else also disbelieves in our salvation uh, would be uh, the females that just want us to be wiped out of the gene pool and just to be wage slaves, die alone. And obviously Chad at the top of the pyramid. So even though like the black pill is real, um, we don't want to accept the fate that Chad and a lot of these negative type women um, have prescribed for us. And even if we have to believe something, it doesn't have any proof of coming to fruition anytime soon that seems illogical and almost silly. It's just believing something, just even thinking about something um, can make it more real. And I'd rather the, the hope be more real than the uh, defeatism, especially because the defeatism, it, it fucks up the, uh, the progress of actually trying to be a movement and, and making uh, some change. You go on insouls.co. People, if you were to talk about, hey, man, we should contact our uh, Congress people and stuff and talk to them about, you know, some reforms considering, um, like, facial surgery and its accessibility and how to help people out. Uh, you'll, get, you'll just get a lot of people that will be like, oh, that's cope. That's cope. Whatever happened, uh, you keep dreaming. It's over for you, buddy boy. Um, or you'll have some, like, right-wingers saying, oh, you're a commie. You just want kids. You know, you're no better than some black uh, single mother with uh, six kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I feel like, well, we already have groups like LGBT. We, we have all these other groups that have had healthcare type policy reforms done with their power. I feel like we, we can do the same thing. And also don't feel like having it just an incel movement by itself. I think that kind of, our potential because this is a low status male thing. Physical afflictions, these hope, this hopeless type of life, this either being an insta or getting cuffed or getting divorce raped or having a bad deal in life when it comes to women, having a bad deal in life when it comes to your wages, your physical quality of life, the future in the West. It's not just an insult thing, it's it's a low status male thing. So I feel like we need all of the friends we can get, we need all the help we can get. Uh, we don't want to alienate people who are not pistol tugless, handholdless uh, virgins. If some guy has had sex in the past, 
but he physically suffers, he's with us. Even if a guy's not ugly, if he has health problems he can't afford, he's with us. If a guy is very poor or has an unjust criminal record, but is married with kids and he's out of chat and he's not rich, he is with us. As long as you are non-cucked and you believe in what we believe and you want this type of progress and salvation for others as much as you want it for yourself, and we welcome you at Non-Cucks United. It's a black pill forum. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be an insult to join. I'm almost of the belief that if we spread the message of this being a health and a wage-related thing, and if it being related to your, your physical flesh prison and your, your status economically, it, we could attract more people to be sympathetic towards actual incels, although... And cells would just be a, a group in a larger, low-status male-type issue. Um, I, I think eventually we'll even get like uh, like women that, that support us, you know, if we present it in the right way. Uh, my my pipe dream is uh, getting some like uh, titty Twitch streamers and like OnlyFans girls that make like millions a month to uh, to, to get a soft heart for our cause, maybe. And, uh, you know, make a million dollars a month or something stripping for uh, simps on OnlyFans. No. Look at stuff with some money so we can uh, give uh, some true cells some uh, facial surgery. Kyle's hmm. a millionaire. I'd be doxing in cells, uh, probably even with illegal means, to find out where they live and just, like, knock on their door in the middle of the night with, like, a big bag of money. Like, yo, it's over. No. Not, you know, it's over in a good way. Here, here's money. Go see Dr. Epley. Uh, it's just beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm poor. I can't do that. Yeah. I just wish there was some type of organization that had more of a voice than me that felt the same way. That type of idea is sort of limited to ncu.su right now. What is it? ncu.su. Okay. Non-Cucks United. Non-Cucks United. All right. Well, um, I will do my part in trying to get the message out there. I think it's a interesting plan and i'll and i'll also say um if you've been banned from daco or if you uh want to branch out to a, a bigger type of community that's more focused on like progress and, and philosophy and ideas and bringing men together hop on over to a uh, non-cucks not you know as long as you're non-cucks if your will is our will you are a friend of us <laughs> all right well that sounds like a good pitch uh you heard it here first everyone uh, non-cucks united. Well, enjoy the rest of your uh, very cold weekend. Yeah. Um, excellent. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. I'd like to reiterate that I'm not involved with law enforcement. I don't work for anyone but myself. And even that's not consistent. And if I wanted to keep my contact with law enforcement such a secret, why would I have them on my show? And to the best of my knowledge, Neither do any of the forums, or the forum leaders, or their members. Why the fuck would they? I mean, honestly. All these spaces are public on the open internet, so it doesn't take any spies or informants for anyone to keep an eye on it if they're concerned. It doesn't require anyone flipping or working for the man. And in spite of my vocal opposition to certain laws and bylaws and terms that can be used to discriminate against a group of people, the man usually doesn't do things like that for no reason at all. 
If someone is a stalker, and a criminal, and a psychopath, who also happens to be an incel, well, I have no objection to such a person facing due process and appropriate punishment. Over and out. If you or someone you know is struggling with feelings of hopelessness, please reach out to one of the links provided in the show description.